Spark of Courage is a podcast that promotes healing through storytelling. I am Alex Dragne, a writer, healer, and empath. And my purpose is to invite and hold space for those of us who suffer with chronic illness and nervous system dysregulation. It is my mission to give a voice to those voiceless parts of ourselves, the ones too deep and deemed too shameful to share. Trauma deepens when we are by ourselves with our pain And I believe that the path toward healing becomes clearer when we take action and dare shine a light on the dark sides of our psyches. Throughout the coming episodes, I'll be weaving in my eclectic set of passions. My prayers for these story threads to ignite the spark of courage within your very depths and bring to light the kind of life you are meant to live. I am grateful to share my own healing journey with you. Welcome. Trigger warning. Today's episode contains sensitive and potentially triggering content, including references to suicidal ideation. Please visit the show notes for resources and support. Hello, Courageous Soul. In this episode, I'm sharing how learning about human design has been deeply transformational for my life and my healing. My intention for this episode is to open up the world of human design for you in the hopes that If you're like me, this system can also give you the permission you need to be yourself. Human design is a synthesis of four ancient modalities, the chakra system, astrology, the Chinese I Ching, and the Kabbalah Tree of Life, along with insights from quantum mechanics. Essentially, the elements that make up human design aren't new, rather it's a synthesis of these ancient systems that creates a unique, powerful perspective through which we can examine our lives and our relationships. And its basic premise is that it's a science of differentiation. In our society, we keep being pushed into these homogenized roles when we are each unique and meant to be unique. And I've always been into all these types of personality tests every chance I got, but Nothing ever really landed for me until human design. And it's a very complex system. But one of the first things that I learned was my aura type. There are four energy types in human design. And these types describe the role you are here to play in the world. And I found out that I'm a manifester. And what that means is that I have a closed and repelling aura. And it's funny because before I found human design, I actually wrote in my journal, what is it about me that makes others contract rather than open? Is it some energy that I'm giving off that doesn't give people the impression they can approach me? Or is it that I fell so often into victimhood that people want to punish me and they're somehow resentful of me? I often felt like I was on the outside looking in like I was on the outside of conversations, on the outside of some groups not belonging. And obviously it's not something that I felt all the time, but at some level, at some frequency, I felt this since I was a little girl. And so you can imagine that when I found this out that there's nothing wrong with me, this is how I was designed to operate in the world, it was such a huge relief. There's nothing wrong with me. I have a closed and repelling aura because it's an aura that protects me. 
It protects me so that I can initiate new things into the world. That's the role of the manifester, to bring new ideas to creation, to create magic in the world from their own initiation, rather than the other energy types are meant to wait and respond to life. And that's the other beautiful thing about the system. For all the other energy types besides manifestors, their strategy is to wait to respond. And what that means is that your role is not to go after things, to push, to force. And I think that's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful lesson really for all of us, including me, that the more important thing is to stay open to life and to allow for life to happen and for you to respond. Is this something that I want to create? Is this something that I don't want to create? Versus always being in the grind, always trying to get things done, trying to force things to run after things. Life becomes more beautiful when you get into the flow. And the other big piece of human design was, uh, as a manifester, I do not have the sacral center defined. And that's a center for life force energy to do things. It's a very powerful center, motor center, that gives you the energy to bring so much magic into the world. And I don't have that. And I have always felt this, that I was pushing against myself, pushing against life, pushing against every ounce of energy that I had left to get things done. And that's because as a manifester, I actually do have lower energy. I'm supposed to guard my energy, to conserve it, to rest. And once I'm replenished, I will receive an urge from the universe to create, to bring new ideas and initiate them into the world and allow the other types who have the energy to bring it to completion. And that allowed me to release a lot of the pressure I was feeling to always perform to always do, 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 because I didn't have the energy. And it allowed me also to contemplate how in my life I had pushed beyond any reasonable limit that my body was giving me in order to conform to society, in order to conform to the standards and goals that society sets for us. I'm not designed that way. My body's not designed that way. And that's a prime reason why I got sick. The next thing I discovered in human design was my authority, and that's how you're meant to make decisions in the world. I'm an ego manifester. Basically, what that means is that I'm meant to make decisions from my desires. Ask myself, is this something that I want? And if it is a clear yes, then go for it. It's basically being selfish is going to be the best thing for both me and everyone else involved. And that gave me this huge card that said, you're allowed to do what you want, which may sound silly, but it's not something that I've always felt that I could do in my life because of my conditioning. And I'm still in this daily struggle of giving myself permission to follow my heart's desires. And I still wonder many times why I needed this system to give me the permission to do the things that I always felt in my body, in my heart, that were right. But we come to growth and healing 
through different modalities. And for me, it just so happened to be human design that allowed me to have this really big green card that said, yeah, you you can do this. This is fine. (laughs) So if the role I'm here to play in the world is a manifester, I then discovered that my profile is a 5-1, and that tells me how I meant to play that role in the world as a manifester. I'm here to solve problems for the masses, and I also act as a mirror for other people energetically, which can be really helpful if you're trying to help others to allow them to see themselves in a different light. But What that means is for me, it creates a lot of problems because people don't necessarily see me. And I've always felt this, that I have a really big effect on people. I just want to go in the world being me for other people to just let me be me and do my own thing. But learning about this part of human design allowed me to step out of victimhood And realize that, yes, I do have an effect on other people. And with that comes a responsibility that I will affect others without intending to. And that single piece of having that awareness has allowed me to take responsibility for the way that I come into the world, the energy with which I approach conversations, with which I approach people, understanding how I affect others and how my aura affects others, but also this part of the profile that I am open to a lot of projections. And if I buy into that, it leads me to victimhood. If I take responsibility for that, it allows me to bring awareness to my day-to-day interactions with people, see the state that I was in that created that sort of icky feeling that you know, you've just said something wrong or it just didn't hit right with the other person and sort of examine what was going on the what was going on on the inside for me that created that as well. And also approaching different relationships without feeling guilty, taking away that guilt that it's not me. Perhaps it's also that projection feel that I'm subject to. And where do I go from there? rather than being a victim to it. And finally, on a much, much deeper level, this piece in human design touched the core of my being. I was reading a passage from Richard Rudd. He writes these essays for each of the types. And I felt so incredibly seen by his words and I couldn't understand who someone who's never met me can touch such a deep part of my soul. And he wrote that the issue of the manifester is when can I go home? I literally sobbed when I read that because I was journaling literally a few days before I read that begging God to just take me home. I was too tired. Life was too overwhelming. Just please, God, just let me come home. I don't know what you wanted with me, but I just can't do it anymore. I just want to go. I just want to come home. And this is what he wrote. The manifester has to accept rejection very deeply at a cellular level. 
rejection is their issue. They have to see that they were born rejected and they will die rejected. But if they have lived their design well, those who matter will never reject them. They will be loved and honored for who they are, simple, powerful, untamable, freedom-loving people. And I soon found out that the human design type of manifester is highly coveted in human design circles. <laughs> because as I mentioned, it's the only type that doesn't have to wait to respond. The other types were designed to basically keep themselves open to receiving and respond to life rather than initiate their own ideas into the world without an invitation. Well, as a manifester, I don't have to do that. Obviously, that's not true all the time. My strategy is that I have to inform others of my ideas and then act. We can't always do that. So my strategy of informing is the fracking hardest thing for me to do. Literally all of my life, if I could just get out of my own way, things would turn out just fine. But getting out of my own way is like moving mountains. And that's because for me to inform others means that I have to trust myself enough. I have to be secure enough in myself and in my relationships to know that what I desire to do, this wild idea that perhaps nobody else has ever done, is safe to share and to begin doing. And also informing others means that I'm open to all these projections and advice. And really, when I inform, I'm not asking for permission. But because of the projection field, the advice comes regardless. And with that comes more self-doubt activating that self-activating inadequacy and self-esteem and brings back all the core wounds. And then we begin the cycle again. But the urges that I receive as a manifester are so wild and fun and beautiful. And I realize it's just divine ideas finding a voice through me. They're divine, beautiful, magical things wanting to be expressed through me. So following this strategy to inform is not only good for me, healthy for me, and for my soul. It's good for the whole world. It can bring healing and beauty to the world. So trying to keep our kids in these standardized boxes, trying to keep our big kids, the adults, <laughs> really we're all kids living in adult bodies. We're keeping our little kids locked up. That beauty, that creativity that made me me, that beauty, that creativity that makes you you. Are you keeping that locked up? What is that doing to your body to keep it locked up? What is that doing to your body to keep it locked up? What is that doing to your soul? These are the questions that I've started deconstructing for myself, and it's painful to look back. It's liberating to look back. It really is like moving mountains. The magic and the beauty that you find on the other side is worth 
every ounce of effort. That I'm sure of. This is another excerpt from that essay. Unfortunately, manifestors do not respond well to enforced controls, since their nature is to be independent. From a very early age, most manifestors receive the message that they are not permitted to be themselves, and the result is a latent anger that builds inside them as their self-esteem slowly gets eaten away. If they conform, they will deeply repress their rage and live a life based on fear. The greatest fear of the manifester is that they will be punished simply for being who they are. That touched my very soul. It gave words to the feeling I felt inside that who I was was not right. Who I was at my very core was not permitted. And I honestly can't pinpoint one exact moment in time that would have happened. If I look back, I had a happy childhood. And yet, I received messages all throughout. Somehow, I received messages that ended in my subconscious to tell me that I needed to conform. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be loved. Because that's a society we've created. We've created a society where kids have to sit down, be respectful, not talk unless asked to talk in a classroom. They have standardized tests. We get graded on our intelligence, our ability to memorize and solve problems. It's backwards. It's unnatural. It's unnatural to teach our children that they have to be the same. They have to be kept to the same standard. And it has been very painful and liberating at the same time to think of myself as a little girl wanting to do all these wild nonconformist things and knowing that if I did I might not be loved for who I was and I think there came a point where I just stopped trying but what I want to say is this happened on such a deep subconscious level that It has permeated my life, and it will take a while for me to deconstruct all that. And perhaps that's why Richard Rudd's words touch me so deeply, because it brought that latent repression of my core self to to come to the surface, to feel safe enough to come to the surface. So that's where my work of deconstructing begins. And it began with giving myself permission to be who I am. So if this has sparked some interest in you, I have added some resources in the show notes to help you find your human design type and strategy. There are so many beautiful mentors and practitioners out there, and I have provided links for some of those wonderful humans to help guide you on this journey if it's something that resonates. With or without human design, I hope that you can look honestly within yourself and decide if you're living a life that is in alignment with your core soul's desires. Your strategy and authority will be different 
But it really doesn't matter. Those are just words and labels. Your body and your soul know what is best for you. Are you listening? Do you have the courage to listen? Or at least, do you have the courage to open up a door and hear the whispers of your soul? Hit the subscribe button if you'd like to stay tuned for future episodes. If you've enjoyed these contemplations, you can help spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell Alex what resonated by taking a screenshot and sharing it on Instagram. Follow and tag her on Instagram at alexdragney.healing.